Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Yes, how good is that? Do you know that God has never lost a battle? Now, you and I, we lose battles sometimes, but he has never lost a battle. That is, it's an awesome, I love that. Some, I love it. Uh, so this morning, we get the privilege of hearing Michelle speak, Michelle Hilliard. She's going to come bring our week seven of our, yeah, week eight. Is it week eight? What week is it? Eight. No, seven. I think it's week seven. I think it is because I think last week was six. But um, how many of you know Michelle personally? The rest of you, if you'll wait around afterwards, we'll introduce you to her because she just has enough love for all the people in the room all the time, all day, all night, all the things. That's just who she is. But um, Michelle, I don't know if you all know this, but she is an ordained minister as well. And she just has a beautiful heart um, to just minister the Word of God. And we call her the walking Bible. There is not a Bible verse that I have ever been able to stump her with. I can even give her like a, I'll say, Michelle, somewhere a third of the way through, there's a verse about a root. And she'll like, whoosh, Ezekiel 17, 13. You know, you're like, what in the world? I mean, she's good. She's really good. You can't stump her. So, but don't put her to the test. <laughs> don't put nobody to the test. That's right. So I want to pray for her because I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very happy I came with the, um, a ready pen, good. a fresh notebook. I like it. To, I'm going to break it in this morning at Sisterhood. It's going to be so good. Yes. So um, let's just pray together, okay? Father, I thank you so much for our morning. Thank you for each woman that's here, from, for the home and the family that they represent. God, thank you so much for just the gathering, the beautiful gathering of sisterhood and what it means to all of us. And God, we set aside this time now to receive. We posture our hearts to receive from your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would anoint Michelle, that she would be anointed this morning in power, in truth. Uh, just, God, even as she speaks, the beautiful words of your word, Lord, that the shackles will fall off the all of our minds, our feet, our hands. Lord, that we would be freer than we've ever been when we leave here today. Father, I ask that um, she would have an ease and fun and that this would be just a fun morning as she pours out from her own spirit. But Lord, let us catch it. Let us be reservoirs that catch this word today. So we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Okay, it's going to take me just a second. I'm going to get set up just. Nicole helped me out because I, I left my little, my little thing that I normally display. You know, it's like a little, and I forgot it. And so she gave me hers, which was so sweet. Thank you, Nicole. That's right. We take care of one another. Isn't that just so good? Um, I am really excited about today. I, I feel the energy in the room, so thank you. Thank you for coming with energy and your A-game and a pen and a new notebook and all the good things. Um, because i got a, got a lot of notes. Y'all know, know how I roll by now. Y'all know. Gotta, 
I, I actually do have a lot of notes, but it, it may be that y'all get one part and then tonight gets a part. I don't know because, um, but there's so many things kind of in my heart. I'm like, only had one session to offer about the kingdom and what does that mean? And the, one of the things that I, it is, it is, it's beautiful. But one of the things that I um, was feeling stirred about was this song that the Lord is the one who fights our battle, that we come up underneath the truth of who he is, and that's our resting place. Like, we're in the shadow of the Almighty, and he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness in him. We have the kingdom within. Luke tells us the kingdom of, his, of heaven is within. Jesus says it's at hand because he was there. He was there. He was the bringer of the usherer in of the kingdom, and... Um, Holy Spirit, because he said how we could even fathom that it would be better. It would be better for his disciples, for his beloved ones, to that he go to the Father. How is that even possible? Jesus, you're with us. We can touch you. We can see you. We can experience you. And he said, but I am going to give you the gift of the Father that is the spirit of truth that points and directs everyone to me and the truth of who he is that is empowering you to do the very works, the greater works. So when we listen to that phraseology, the greater works, it's, it's overwhelming to us. And Harriet touched on this. We talked about it last week with signs and wonders. All the things of the kingdom that follow these things, follow them that believe that they are accompanying your, your life and your voice and your ministry is the fullness of the Holy Spirit and his heart through us. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. I'm also going to talk about some hindrances to the move of the Spirit, namely the religious spirit. The truth is that... It, it, it really is a reality that we have to, not only in the church realm, the religious spirit manifests itself also in the, in the culture and in the earth realm. You know, we, we, we see it. You know, the whole, whole of this whole woke movement is, is a religious ideology that is empowered, spiritually infused and empowered by the religious spirit. You know, Islam and the false, the false idea that Allah is God, which he is not. He is a demon, a principality that multitudes of people around the earth worship and gives, and gives platform and place to in the spirit realm. And the violence that comes through, is not, it's, it's not about the people. It's about the violence of the spirit realm manifesting. That's why there's a reality of jihad and all those things. That is... A, a complete antithesis of the work of the kingdom and the Holy Spirit, which is ministered and offered fully and completely out of the overflow of the love of God in our lives. And I'm going to touch on that. Ecclesiastes 3, eternity is set on the heart. The Lord, the Lord himself sets his, himself upon our hearts. From the beginning, from the beginning, that's how we're created. We're created. People say, you know, there's a God whole space in your heart. The reality is that's true. We are created to experience and encounter the living God. That is our portion in this life. That is our high calling and that is our privilege. And how amazing that he looks at dust and he creates breath by his very breath into humans and calls us to be the bearers of his image in the earth, 
This is the cultivation of the kingdom, that we bear his image. A lot of times we have a difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of salvation. Often in the church, the gospel of salvation is what is proclaimed, which is a beautiful thing. The very first miracle of the kingdom is that we come drawn by the Holy Spirit, we come to know Jesus. But that's just a limited perspective and viewpoint. The gospel of the kingdom is that the kingdom of God comes near and encounters a person, a family, a church, a city, a region, a nation, nations. That's the gospel. The, the kingdom is at hand. It's, now, it's near, it's now, it's within reach, and it is within you. So when you are coming into a situation, into a place, I think about it like this in regard to my own life. In my space, in Brown Dog Coffee Shop in Burgall, North Carolina, it's a brick and mortar place. I pay rent to a landlord, but that space, because I have a legal right there, and I pay my rent, and I pay my bills, and I have the, the boundaries of that habitation that the Lord has given to me, I can stand in that place, and I can declare the kingdom come, and your will be done. And so when people walk in, they're like, wow, wow, I, I feel something different here. What, what is this amazing? I mean, the coffee, of course, is phenomenal, yes. But the presence of God is what is expressed. And I, can t- I, 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 I phrase it this way for my, for my team, the ones who don't yet know the Lord but are coming to know the Lord because they're seeing him every day. But I phrase it this way for them. We are good vibes. We are, the, I put it on the wall. I'm like, we are an expression of light into our community. And I use that. I use that language. We are light in the city of Burgall. And that is my declaration and that's what I stand on because the kingdom of heaven is within. So wherever you go and whatever you do, you have something to offer. You are a gateway, a conduit for the kingdom of heaven to be ushered in. And the truth is, Jesus reveals wisdom and insight in John 4 to a Samaritan woman, to a woman that he was illegal for him to talk to. It was illegal for Jesus to talk to the Samaritan woman. He is a rabbi, a teacher of the law, and and one anointed by God. It was illegal. And what does he do? He goes right to where she is. He goes right to where she is. I'm gonna tell you what the religious spirit wants to say. You can't get over there in the dirty place over here. And that's a lie from hell. We have to go wherever the Lord sends us and bring his kingdom there. We have to trust that he's got us and that we're protected and that we have something to offer. The people are hungry. The people are hungry. They're gonna get, there's a void and they're gonna get it somehow and somewhere. Let us freely give what we've been given. And he says to her, those who are going to be true worshipers, they will worship me in spirit and in truth. This, This is the heart of a true worshiper that were graced and anointed by his spirit, full of his spirit, uh, been bought with the price of the precious blood of Jesus. And we know his word, the word that sets us free, that makes us free. And we offer that out of the spirit of life. The true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. So it's both. Sometimes within the body of Christ, there's this kind of contention on, do we stand on the word, the word, the word, the word? And do we, do we minister in the spirit, the spirit, the spirit? And the Lord says, I am bringing those things together. We are 
one in him, the spirit of God, the director of all truth, the director of all truth, pointing us into Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit, which means this. So we have, we have access and we have an, an, an offering that is beautiful. And the Lord went right into a place that was illegal for him to be in and said, let me give you a secret of the kingdom. So don't be afraid to offer a secret of the kingdom in a situation or a circumstance that you think they might not be ready for. You just drop that nugget right there and let the Lord deal with that. If the Lord's giving you the access point to do that, he will direct you. It is out of his love. So it's love for his word and his spirit, the spirit of truth pointing us to Jesus. It is us carrying authority and walking in victory because Jesus is victorious. He's already overcome. Ephesians 2, which is one of my favorite passages because it helps me know where I am seated. Ephesians 2, he is in the heavenly places far above power, dominion, and rule. So we look across the landscape of the earth and we're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to even deal with that principality? And what is all this mess happening over here, this violence and all the things? And Jesus is like, look, you are in me and I am in heaven and you are seated in me in the heavenly realms, and I have already overcome. I have already overcome far seated above power, dominion, and rule. That is our place of authority and victory. Now, the truth is we live in the earth, okay? (laughs) We live in the earth. We're gonna be confronted with uh, earthly realities, in the fallenness of the world, in the demons that are manifesting in people and and in circumstances and in regions, you know, where there's a a stronghold of witchcraft in an area or a stronghold of pornography in an area or a stronghold of whatever sin you can name. There, There may be. But that's because light hasn't broken into that place and pushed back the darkness. When light enters into a place, darkness has to flee. When you turn on a light, it's clear. You turn on a light in a dark room, Light is what you see, not darkness anymore. There is a shift, and Ephesians 2 is key. Philippians 2 is also key. Beautiful, beautiful passage. Your attitude should be that as as the same as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature or form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he took upon himself humility. He took upon the nature of human likeness, Found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on the cross. This was his willingness to give it all. Therefore, God seated him in the heavenly realms, as I just mentioned, Ephesians 2. Because of his obedience, because of his humility, he was seated in the heavenly realms, far above power, dominion, and rule. And God has given him the name that is above every name and at his name. Every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he alone is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is who he is. And this is our Savior. This is the one that we have. We bear his name. We don't recognize it, but in the spirit realm, the spirit realm recognizes it. Have you ever been in a situation and somebody's just like agitated with you and you don't even know why? You're like, what is going on? I don't understand. It's because in the spirit realm, whatever spirit they're operating in is seeing the grace of God upon your life, that you are crowned with grace upon your head in the spirit. You have his name written upon you. 
you have his blood applied to you. And in the spirit realm, they're saying, oh, I don't like this person right here because they are of the kingdom of light. And they don't even realize it. They have no idea. But we have to be ones who are discerners. We have to recognize that when the kingdom encounters darkness, that light is what offers. And the way that we offer that is in the opposite spirit of whatever is coming against us. It is by the Holy Spirit whose ways are of peace and long-suffering and loving kindness, whose fruit manifests through peace, through truth. These are the truths. Psalm 2, Psalm 2, Jesus, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool and ask of me that the nations become your inheritance. There is a reality that is here and is yet to come. It's a near-far reality. Psalm 2 is like a near-far prophecy. It is, the Lord said, you are victorious, you're seated in heavenly realms, but there will be a day when the nations are gonna rage and they're gonna be infused with demonic activity and a culmination of evil on the earth and there will be a clash. But the one who sits in heaven laughs. He laughs because he's already victorious. He's already victorious. And so we, we are connected to Jesus, the one who is seated in that place of authority, which means that we have authority. And, and the Lord gives us this calling, this faith journey, along the journey of spiritual maturity. God sees us as we were, as we are, and how, as we shall be, who are we are becoming to be. Our identity is in him. We are no longer orphans or slaves to fear. For 2 Timothy 1.7, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. This is the truth of his word. It's recognizing that while we might stumble, while we might fall down, while we might not always represent the kingdom and our king in the way that we would like to, and we feel the lack of that, the gap of that, the Lord says, but I know who you are. I see who you are, and what I have done in your life is powerful, and it cannot be taken from you. No one can snatch you out of my hand. We are of the household of faith. We come to God by faith. Galatians 5, 6, this is going to be a key verse. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. The Bible also says without faith it's impossible to please God. We are a priesthood, a foundational doctrine of Scripture and of our, our context is that we are a priesthood of believers. We have something in ministering to the heart of God and ministering His love to others. That's the posture of a priest. We're ministering our love and our adoration to God. We're offering incense. We're offering prayers. We're standing in the gap. We're standing in that place. And then the Lord is like, and now I'm going to empower you by my spirit to accomplish the things that you're called to accomplish in the earth. This rolls right into uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just read a couple of those scriptures. Actually, I'm going to read it on this. It'll be easier. Okay, so there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in them, and everyone is in the same God at work. Now to one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
To one, there is a given through a spirit, a message of wisdom, another, a message of knowledge. But by means, it is the same spirit. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, all the gifts operate from him. And so he, he can offer through you however he wants to offer. We just have to have a willing heart. Now, certainly, here it says that there is a grace and an anointing that potentially the Lord highlights. You have a gift of healing. Use your hands to heal. Offer the thing that you've been given. Freely you've been given. Freely you give. This is the work of the kingdom. And then, further down, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has a part And God is placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, help, guidance, different kinds of tongues. And the Lord says, eagerly desire, through Paul, all the gifts. And what does that do? That rolls right into 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the famous passage that is love and often used at weddings, It is about the work of the kingdom. It it can be for weddings, but it's also and fully and more completely about the work of the kingdom of heaven. If I speak with tongue or men and angels, but I have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. The kingdom and your faith is ignited and operated out of the overflow of your love for God and love for others. It is Jesus saying the first commandment is this. First place. First place. Moses prayed in Exodus 33, if I've found favor in your eyes, teach me your ways. We must listen and recognize his voice. We must know his character and his nature from his word. The more that we... The, the reason that is important to, to commit the word into our hearts, I mean, Psalm 119 says that I may not sin against God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against God. Yes, yes, that is it. And your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Also one Psalm 119. That's the truth. But also, and more fully, it is to know our God. It is to know him, to fall more in love with him, to say, Jesus, this is who you are. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. It is to continuously, continuously read the Gospels and recognize the beauty of our God in the person of Jesus Christ and that that reality points us to God, our Father, our Father that we have relationship with. Our God loves us so much. I mean, we're going to talk about John 17, John 15, and John 17. Jesus is like, Jesus says to me, Jesus is to his disciples, which then in turn is to me, because I am a disciple. And I can just say that. Jesus says to me, I have loved you in the same way that the Father has loved me. Like, doesn't that just blow your mind? That's John 15. And then in John 17, he says, he says to his disciples, and the Father will love you, and you will love the Father the way that I have loved you. I mean, how does that happen? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers his word 
and the truth of his word and calls us into a deeper place in him. We cannot do the works of the kingdom apart from the place of identity that he is our father and that he is good and our place of intimacy and communion and fellowship with the spirit and the recognition that the son of God is our bridegroom, the one who has pursued us and has set us free. These are the truths of the kingdom. The tension in which we live is that we are saved and we are working out our salvation. I'm not saved by works. We know that from Ephesians 2, lest any man should boast. But I'm working out my salvation by coming into more freedom, more power, not more authority, but more authority utilized. We've already been given the authority. All authority, Jesus said, has been given to me and I give to you. I give you the keys to the kid. I give you. All authority has been given to Jesus and he gives. That's, this is the picture of who he is. Freely he has given to us and freely we give. So we have to run into the more. The key is activation of what has been given to you. We want to activate that. There is a reality of impartation and blessing and activation. Now, Gina and Harriet have been operating in their ministry calling. They have been offering their voice. They've been doing the works of the kingdom. But there was a moment on Sunday that was a marked moment of a laying on of hands, a biblical response of, I see the gift of God in you and I bless that. I impart all the more of what you are called to do and I'm activating that now by faith. So there's a reality of shifting into that. We see it. We see a biblical example of Elijah and Elisha. Elisha says, let your mantle fall upon me. So there's a laying on of hands that happens so that, that, that there's a, an agreement of faith. I'll tell you a quick story. When I first was receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, growing up in a tradition that was very much in love with the word, and I am so grateful for that foundation, I did not have any perspective on the fullness of the spirit. I had no understanding that, um, that, that, that these things were for today. I mean, I believe that God could heal. I mean, I remember being a, a middle schooler and praying for my, um, my favorite teacher, who was actually our librarian and my cheer coach, to get pregnant, and she did. And it ignited my faith. Like, I, I remember that the Lord said, you did this. You, your prayers moved my heart. Not, not that it was just me. Probably a lot of people were praying for her. But I, I did something to my heart that I saw him move in that situation. Because I loved her. And I wanted her fullness and happiness. And in that moment, when I began to sort of seek the Lord and, and come to another, another place and put myself before a spiritual, a spirit-filled uh, situation. I remember praying for two weeks and asking the Lord, show me what this means. Show me, I don't understand. Can you help me see from your word an encounter with your spirit that actually people speak in tongues and what does that look like? I don't understand. And for two weeks, the Lord was showing me in his word. He was showing me, and this is probably, I was probably 20 years old, 19 or 20, somewhere around there. And still had no idea. But on a Sunday night, which was also a little bit safe, on a Sunday night, the pastor of that little church, he preached. And I was like, immediately, I was like, this is the answer to prayer. The Lord is, this is for me. And hurry up and finish so I can go up there. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to go up there. And so I do, I go up there and, you know, the little ladies in the church having a Pentecostal background, they were very, very concerned for me to pray in the spirit. And I, I understand that. 
But I, I also was struggling a little bit with all of that too in myself. I wanted everything God had for me, but I also wanted to recognize what is it you're speaking to me right now. And the Lord, he's so kind. He, he's just so beautiful. He, he gave me a picture of the moment of my salvation as a child where I'm a child running to him, Jesus, this figure in white. I knew it was the Lord. I, I couldn't really see his face, but I knew it was Jesus. And he said, this, this moment is me. I want you to see the, the marriage, really, of this moment of salvation, your salvation experience, which you know is real. And this moment is me. And then something happened. I just began to sort of, as my pastor said, had a stammering tongue. I, I'm, I'm not in all, uh, all about initial evidence doctrine. I think you can be filled with the Spirit and not have to speak in tongues right away. That's okay. But I had a little baby talk tongue. Little baby talk. Little da-da-da-da-da-da, you know? Just a little baby talk. But, but, but the Lord gave me faith connected to that moment that I had experienced from my childhood to that moment. About two months later, a lady, a lady evangelist, which I really hadn't been around a lot of lady preachers either. A lady evangelist came and she starts talking about seeing angels. And I was like, oh my, you can see angels? Like, I don't even understand that. What is that about? I don't understand. And, and so I was very intrigued. And I was like, Lord, I, I want to see it. I want the more. I want the more. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I want the more. And um, so I go up that, that night at the altar and the call. And there was a little lady also that had come and ministered with her in song with her. And she just comes, and I just remember thinking, as I'm standing there, just like, I'm here, Lord, I'm here, Lord, I'm here, Lord. You know, pour out your spirit on me, I'm here. And I just remember feeling this longing, if somebody would just touch me. And I, I, don't ha I didn't have theology around that. I didn't understand that. I just knew that that was my desire. I just need agreement right here. And she just puts her two little hands right on my shoulder, just two little, two little fingers, I mean, two little fingers right on my shoulder, just says, hey, I can see the Lord's doing something in you. And man, I was out in the spirit. And I had more than a stammering tongue after that. The Lord poured out his spirit and, and gave me full prayer language. And of course, all those things are, are along the journey. We continue to cultivate. We continue to work out our salvation. We continue to lean in and say, I want the more, Lord. And let me have a portion with that. So that was my own experience. So impartation, agreement, and blessing, and then the activation of that is significant. I mean, Peter and Paul, they, the apostles, you know, when they're, when they're divvying up the, the handkerchiefs, they were, they were getting that. The people were getting that from them because they were full of the Spirit. It wasn't like just random people were given handkerchiefs. It was the people who were filled with the Spirit of God. So there is power that somehow gets released and manifested. We don't know how fully. We don't get it. But we know if we say yes to God, He's going to pour Himself through us. I mean, how powerful. Giving it all away. Okay, this is the work of the inside, outside, upside down kingdom. Harriet's been talking about. That's what the work is. We give it away and we get increase. We give it away and more, more, more. Wow, this is how good our God is. It works our faith and faith is the currency of the kingdom. The Bible says, work out your faith with fear and trembling. We have a most precious gift. This is precious. The Holy Spirit we, we should be in awe of the power and the movement of God. We should 
We should live in a posture of knowing our identity and fully being loved and recognizing that he is a holy God and offering with fear and trembling. The scripture says we fight the fight of faith. There's a contending in our heart to express and encounter and offer our faith. That's why the greatest of these is love because again, Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. Sorry, I'm going fast. Trying to get it in for you guys. Way to roll along with me. You guys are doing awesome. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of concepts, and then I'm going to tackle the religious spirit for a moment, and then we're going to end on love. All the church is in the kingdom, but all, not all the kingdom is in the church. All the church is in the kingdom, but all, not all the kingdom is in the church. The manifestation of the kingdom with power and works and authority and expression. And the Lord, he's like, I want, I want you to experience the more. There's always more in God. We, we are always on the tip of the iceberg. We are always, oh, there's just always more. There's just always more. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. Jesus builds his church. And it is upon this rock, the rock of the revelation that Peter professes, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, that Jesus builds his church. He says to his apostles, I will build my church. Now you go extend the kingdom. His proclamation is, release the kingdom wherever you go. 127 times Jesus says things like, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and say, the kingdom has come near to you. You do the works and proclaim the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom is at hand. Acts says the apostles went everywhere and preached the kingdom. Apostle means sent one. It means to be sent from one place to another place to reproduce in that place that you are sent the very reality of the place that you have been sent from until the place you've been sent looks like the place that you've been sent from. It's cultural transformation. Now, we, we talked a lot about this with the Seven Mountains Prophecy. So you're sent into the earth, whatever sphere you have. I'm sent right now with my feet in Brown Dog Coffee in Burgall, North Carolina. I'm sent there. And in that space, I get to declare the kingdom because the Lord's given me authority. And he's empowered me by his grace and his goodness and his extravagant mercy. We are sent. The Romans utilized this Greek concept from conquering and culturizing those who were conquered. They had a strategy that as the army took the land, there were also philosophers, teachers, artists, politicians, any cultural sphere, spearheads that were sent to transform the culture. So they conquered and then they culturized. Like, we have to know what culture we are of. Harriet talked about Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, the beauty of this passage, Jesus just, I mean, it's three chapters of rich, rich, rich realities of the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus says to them, you have heard it said, but now I say to you. So you may have had one cultural experience, but I'm going to give you the culture that I want you to operate under. The culture of the kingdom of heaven, because it is at hand. Transformation. So basically says, you are my apostles. Where are you seated? We know Ephesians 2. 
seated in him in the heavenly places. So knowing the king, knowing his character, knowing who he is, expressing the reality that we are abiding in the true vine of heaven and looking around heaven as we abide in him, then we make earth look like heaven. What does heaven look like? No sickness, no tears, no sadness. There's an expression of life and flourishing and trees that have leaves for the healing of the nations. There's something in that realm that the Lord wants to bring into our realm through his sent ones. Make heaven look like earth. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, he gave a blueprint. See the Father, see our identity. He's the Father, our Father. So see our identity, our identity as son or daughter. See where he is, who art in heaven. Acknowledging his name is holy, hallowed be thy name. And agree that his kingdom is ever created. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the initial place when the disciples said, teach us to pray. Like how, how do we engage with heaven to see something transform in the earth? First of all, you look to your God, to your Father, and you hallow his name. He is holy. He is yours, but he is I sit in a high and holy place, but I am near to the broken in heart. That reality is powerful. So it's divine partnership with the kingdom of heaven to increase in the earth. We are sent, we are to be apostled, Ephesians 4. Equipped, trained, sent is discovering and developing destiny and purpose to be who we are called to be in God and on his mission. When I was younger and I first got my first car, I got this sticker, uh, it's a surfing sticker from a surfing company out of Australia. And I, I still, I can't find it. So maybe when Bailey goes back to Australia, she can look for me one. <laughs> but it, the name of it is OAM. And it was on a mission. I put that on my car because I just wanted to remind myself I'm on mission from God. And the front tag I had on my car was worship God. So everywhere I went, I was on mission and I was declaring, worship your God. Worship your God. Because the truth is, the, we're going to worship something as humans. It is in our makeup, in our DNA. And the Lord said, worship me in spirit and in truth. We have to recognize that each of us are a gateway for the kingdom of heaven. Our voice, our prayers, our givenness to the things of God, our love for him, our love for others, his spirit at work in our lives. We have something to offer of God as we are in relationship with him to the earth around us. Like this is not just about proclaimers on the platform. This is about the body of Christ. Each one of us has something to give and to offer to the sphere of influence he has given us. He loves to increase as well. You know, those faithful with, with small will be given much. Just, just start with this. Just start with, I'm gonna pray my prayer list. Or, or somebody says, yeah, I'm having a hard time. Just, just say, okay, well, let's just pray right now. Just begin to do the works of the kingdom in the sphere that you have. Our partnership is collaboration with the Holy Spirit for God's purposes, past, present, and future. We are built upon the testimony and prayers of others. The bowls of incense in heaven, which are the bowls of the saints, they are eternal. Prayer is eternal. And there's been so many prayers offered for revival. Then there's a culmination. 
There's a tipping point. <sighs> We're seeing a little bit of that. We see even right now a culmination of prayers that have tipped something from heaven over a place in Kentucky. Something shifted in the atmosphere. And it's not my happenstance, honestly, that right now this movie, Jesus Revolution, is playing when this Asbury revival and awakening is happening, when it was sparked 50 years ago. 50 years ago, Jesus movement sparked from a revival at Asbury University. How, I mean, it just, again, it blows your mind. It's like we got to get on target with what the Lord is doing. Okay, I got to go fast because I want to talk about the religious spirit. Because, because in regard to Asbury, I just happened to be on Twitter, which I'm not on very often, but sometimes I like to, I like to just see what's happening out there in the world. And I follow a lot of people that I wouldn't maybe have agreement with, you know, like retweets are not endorsements or something like that, you know. <laughs> but there was such kind of this wave of people who were like, this is not God. If this were God, they would be feeding the poor, doing, you know, doing the things, whatever. And I was just, I was, my heart just hurt. Because I was like, here, here is a little community of college kids who are just like, I, I, I want to linger in his presence. I want to offer my heart where I've been torn and divided. I, I want to encounter him in a new way. And you got leaders who are saying, yeah, yeah, this is not revival. This is not this. This is not that. Accusation. And I'm going to tell you, that is the religious spirit. I mean, that's the religious spirit. So I felt it fitting to give some perspective on this because religion is the antithesis of the kingdom. Now, many of you have been through the Freedom Notes, Freedom's class, and you know the beginning of that starts with two, key, two trees in the garden. So I'm going to touch a little bit on that. Two trees that God planted in the garden because he valued us so to give us the choice to walk in voluntary obedience. This is how much he loves us. That he, he gives us the choice as humankind to love him. Voluntary lovers, not robotic, non-creative drones. That's not who we are. We are in his image. Imagadeo, we are in his image. So the provision, this was provision by God that he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We want to play the role of God. We see religion even enter before the fall. I've mentioned it before, but there, there was Adam's addendum. The very first expression of religion was God gives Adam instructions, do not eat of this tree, lest you will die. Adam gives the instruction to Eve, do not eat of this tree, and I'm gonna add to it my little religious extra or even touch it, lest you will die. So what does she do first? She touches it, and she does not surely die. Because religion lies to us. It lies. 
We also see the propensity of the human heart to want to go beyond that which is the restraint of truth and wisdom. We also see the enemy willing to be seen as evil, the knowledge of good and evil, so that religion and false worship could enter upon the scene by partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Powerful reality. Which means that religion is the very thing that trips up humankind. Everything else outflows from that. Judgment is what religion is all about. The very initial response was judgment against one another. Adam's like, well, you know, this woman you gave me, God. So he accuses Eve and he accuses God in one foul swoop. Judgment. Humans can't judge and love at the same time. Y'all hear that? Humans cannot love and judge at the same time. So ask the question, are you attracting or repelling the most judged group in society? The Pharisees, they fed off their own self-righteousness. They felt righteous in comparison to the tax collectors and the prostitutes. The religious spirit has to have something to feed off of. Oh, it's a parasite. It's a parasite. It drains you. As opposed to receiving life in Christ. In the kingdom, people receive life through Jesus. Jesus was the one sinless person ever, and the tax collectors and the prostitutes wanted to hang around Jesus. So it's the difference between true righteousness, the fullness of righteousness of Jesus, and self-righteousness that has to say, oh, I'm better than these guys. Holiness is the character of the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The example of Paul, he says, I'm the chief among sinners. The reality is, whether we've done a whole lot of bad things, we got a horrible testimony, and the Lord saved us in our 40s, or we got saved as a child, and we just had some mishaps here and there, it does not matter. We are still chief among the sinners. Because sin is separation from the heart of God. We, we cannot think of ourselves more highly than we ought. We cannot think of ourselves that we're better than that person who is in, uh, entrapped in whatever, whatever it is that you think is awful. Because that is religious thinking. Religion pulls life off of people. At least we're not like those people. The religious spirit wants punishment. The example is the Pharisees who had the stones and said, I want to stone this woman who's committed adultery because that is what I'm, I'm righteous by stoning her. It wants to feed off of, and it's such a lie. This is how it, uh, this is how it also operates in conjunction with the, with, with the political spirit. We know the religious spirit and the political spirit drove Jesus to the cross. Of course, he laid down his life freely, but those two spirits... They drove Jesus to the cross. So the Pharisees want to judge the political spirit. The religious spirit wants to judge. The political spirit wants to say, I'm just going to wash my hands of this. Yeah, I, that's just too controversial. I don't want to get in over there. I'm just going to sort of stay neutral. Peace, love, and all that good jazz. Political spirit. Jesus warned, be careful of the leaven of Herod, the political spirit, and of the Pharisees, the religious spirit. Jesus specifically says, watch, be careful. 
These are the places. These mindsets war against the mindsets of the governance of the kingdom of heaven. The religious spirit operates like an orphan spirit, not knowing true identity. This is key. We have to know who we are. The religious spirit rules and rules and rules, but love is the mo- but if love is not the motivator, then you're a clanging symbol. It's a fence post hedging things tightly in, not a signpost to give you direction for the journey. It's living only in the narrow way. We know that the narrow way is the entrance point. Jesus himself is the narrow way. Only can come to the Father through me. Jesus, the narrow way. But in him, on the other side of that entrance point is spaciousness. My favorite, favorite verse is, because I feel like it sums, it sums up the gospel. Psalm 18, 19, he delivers me because he delights in me. So I'm delivered and I'm delighted in. And then he leads me into a spacious place. We're not tight like the religious spirit would want. You're called to love. If you're love in love with God, you're given to him. We keep his commandments. That's what he says. God is holy and grace is not whimsy. He gives grace calling us higher. This kind of holiness comes from the heart of the Father to your heart to choose to walk in his love and righteousness. The religious pride can even be a religious addiction. And like I mentioned, we see it even in our secular culture. All, all of those manifestations of activism and judgment, that is a religious system. <sighs> to know Jesus has to be, has to be the, the most important thing. And even more importantly than that, does he know us? Because the, the, the religious spirit would say, oh, we did the works, Jesus. I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick. I did the things. But then he says of those who actually don't have relationship with him, depart from me, workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Wow. Weighty. Has to be relationship. Has to be authentic love. Revelation 12, we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony and loving not our lives unto death, that we are laying down our lives for love. The kingdom is about trust and surrender. In losing your life, you gain it. (laughs) The inside, outside, upside down kingdom. This is who we serve, our God. So a radical encounter with the love of God, John 3, 16. A radical encounter with the love of God. That he so loved the world that he gave and we shall have everlasting life. So the purpose of salvation is everlasting life. Everlasting life, John 17 says, it is intimacy with God. Everlasting life, John 17, 3, it is to know the Father and his son Jesus whom he has sent. That's the overflow. I'm almost done. So the fight my battles... The Lord will fight for you. Exodus 14, 14. We only need to be still. But our posture is engaging in prayer, worship and warfare, intercessory worship. He's given us spiritual weapons of war, 2 Corinthians 10. And he's given us the understanding that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, which means I'm going to stand my ground and I am going to be light in darkness. It's not about being against someone or a system. It is about expressing his heart. And I'm going to tell you, that's disruptive. 
So my praise is a weapon. This is our armory. Spiritual violence is expressing the character and the nature of God to a dark world. It is manifesting light of his kingdom, walking in love. It is engaging with darkness in the opposite spirit, the Holy Spirit, having the fruit of the Spirit. It is entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, Psalm 100. It is preaching the message of the cross, which is foolishness to those who are perishing. To those who are being saved, though, it is the power of God. This is the manifestation of the kingdom, and he has given us an unshakable kingdom. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted in the nations. There's a posture of agreement with who he is that releases his work in the nations. 2 Corinthians 4, fix our eyes on what is unseen. It's transcendent trust. It's transcend as you meditate upon the goodness of God. You don't have to be afraid. You may not know the outcome of the fiery furnace, but you know what your response is, and it is to worship our God only. God's calling his people back to presence, back to worship, back to prayer. He is calling us to push back darkness, to be barriers of light, and to offer extravagant love to those around us, to preach the kingdom, to heal the sick, to proclaim good news to the poor, to do Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. And each one of you in relationship with Jesus and by the power of his spirit has been anointed by his spirit to offer freely you've been given, freely you give. So I'm going to pray us and then we'll have a moment together to gather in small groups. I think we have a minute, right, Harriet? Okay, okay, good. All right, 15 minutes. Wow, good. Way to go. Way to hang in there, guys. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Oh, for your extravagant love and mercy, for your outpoured spirit upon us, within us, offering through us, Continue to fill us up, God, more and more and more. Expand our capacity to receive. Pour out the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are. Let, us, let our eyes be enlightened to know and experience the very hope of our calling. That we have been given every spiritual gift from the heavenly places. You have, you have said that through your word. That we would trust that. We, we would know that. And we would offer that. We love you and we bless your name, Jesus. Amen. So the, the question is, what do I have to give to create a kingdom expression in the sphere that the Lord has given to me? Maybe the Lord spoke over you. Uh, you know, you have a healing grace, a healing gift. Talk about that with your group. Share that. Let's pray into those things. We have a moment to agree, to lay hands on, and touch and agree and say, Lord, stir it up again. Stir it up again. It's good. Thank you, guys. All right. When you guys get back to your seats, you can stand up. We're going to close her out. Who heard something today that you went, Wow. Yes, I know. It was a lot. I'm not going to like go back through everything, but wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. One of the things that Michelle kind of was just saying off to the side when it was over, I'll, I'll give everybody a chance to, yeah, I'll give them a chance to ca catch up with us here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
The religious spirit hates women. It does. And it's an antichrist spirit. Isn't that just something? And she was saying, you know, it's kind of interesting that, um, you know, we may even see a little activity of the religious spirit after this past weekend of ordaining two women. Because the enemy doesn't want women to step into anything that they're called to do, right? You know, and I don't know about you, Gina, but I heard a lot of people were like, I'm so glad my daughters or my granddaughters got to see that women can use their voice and become anything God's called them to be. Isn't that, I mean, you know, that just gives a black eye to that antichrist spirit. I love that part so much. The other thing that I thought was so interesting, I mean, it was all so interesting, but something that hit me was something Susan and I were talking about last night before Freedom Group started. Is that now, and I want y'all just stay with me, okay? Everybody who's with me? I don't want you to think I'm getting weird, spooky, okay? Just stay with me. But, how many of you know that everything on the earth that God created has a frequency to it, a vibration? You know, vibration is frequency. You have a vibration. You have a frequency to you. And do you know that there have been studies that a little, like you can take a little tiny snail, let's just say a snail, a tadpole, and if they have any little sound that they make, they have run that sound through a vibration machine before and that is the same note that a giant killer whale is singing all creation sings the same thing to the lord now now let me this is gonna blow your mind even further so michelle was talking about light remember how she said it she actually said it this way when light comes darkness flees well All light is, is vibration and frequency. And you and I are light. And as we have been regenerated in the spirit, as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ, we literally, quite literally, are light. So when we walk into any place of darkness, what happens? The light turns on because we're on, right? We're we're always on. The switch is on. And darkness has to flee. Isn't that mind-blowing? That is like your quantum physics lesson for the day. You can go, I'm so much smarter because I came to sisterhood. Because let me tell you something. If you were picking up what she was throwing down, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I do just want to tell all of us, and then we're going to pray. You know, we... We encounter the religious spirit here more. As Michelle was saying, she thinks it's probably all over the South. When I lived in the mountains of North Carolina, Casey can attest to this, where we lived, there was a lot of witchcraft and superstition because we were right beside the Cherokee Indian Reservation at the base of the Appalachian Mountains. And there was a lot of superstitions and things like that that kind of happened there. And that was a little more what we dealt with, which also falls under the religious spirit. Witchcraft is also part of the Baal spirit, the big hierarchy of the religious spirit. But I'm going to tell you, I have never, not any place I have ever lived before, encountered the religious spirit like I do in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now, I mean, it is fierce here, and it hates this church. It hates our church. It has had us in the bullseye center since the day we pulled into town, and and nothing has changed. But we are an army of people that literally we're an army saying, no, we, we don't even have, we just remember we're going to look at it long enough to pull the trigger and then we're going to live in relationship. Yeah. 
with the one who loves us and created us to be light. That's how we overcome it. That's how we overcome it. And we just keep building the kingdom, building the kingdom, establishing the kingdom, establishing the kingdom. And the more we do that, the less territory he has. So I believe because Life Church is here, because Sisterhood is here, because we are here, that the religious spirit has less territory here than it did 20 years ago. Amen. So imagine the next 20 years. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Jesus, for coming and showing us the way to light and life. Lord, we, we want our relationship to be turned up more and more with you. We, we do. All of us declare and say we want more. And we believe, God, that we're going to move from glory to glory to glory. We believe we're on the cusp of something fresh and new for the whole earth And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the desire of nations, of all nations. And so we just say that about our nation. You are the desire of our nation. And we even call her back to her roots, Lord, and to remembrance of who she is in you, Lord. And we stand as watchmen on the wall even of our own nation. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless you. I ask that you would bless Michelle, that you would fill her back up as she just released all that today, God. Bless her, cause everything she does to prosper. Let Brown Dog Coffee Company be have the most prosperous year in 2023 that it's ever had in the name of Jesus. We declare that over it in Jesus' name. And as it opens its next location in the new Life Church building, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. We'll be closing out the session or the series next week.